Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for, and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I, of course, cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners, and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions, because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Happy weekend, everybody. I'm joined this morning by my father and business part partner, Michael McNamara. Good morning, Dad. Good morning, Alyssa. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Hey, I thought you were hosting today. No, listen, I'm just the guest from now on. You're the boss. Oh, I thought, oh, we had a little lack of communication here. I'm semi-retired, don't you I thought that? I got... I thought I got to sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Well, I did all the work about the outline. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. That's fair, right? I guess, all right. I guess I'll open up that outline and take a look at it now. All right. Let's see. Uh, all right. Well, we thought, good morning, everybody. Um, we thought it would be um, a good time to do a bear market survival type show. Uh, volatile markets um, haven't been in our life all that much in the last several, several years uh, the really the more most notable recent one was early 2020. The COVID, what are they called? The Corona crash. A Corona um, crash. Yeah, there you go. And, and then really before before that, we haven't really uh, seen a notable, you know, had a um, a scary volatile market since 2008. It's been a really long time. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been fun, right? <laughs> yeah. So we thought it was about time to. Um, you know, coach people through 
what to do, what not to do during volatile markets and reassure people that they're normal. They're always a little bit different, but they're, they're normal. They come and go. And um, we're here to give you some advice on uh, maybe calm people down a bit and give them uh, some advice on what to do and what not to do. So in all honesty, dad, I haven't looked at the outline yet. So where are we starting? Hey, no worries. <laughs> no worries. I told you I did all the work on this. I appreciate it. And it wasn't hard. Okay. So uh, folks, uh, so before we get too, too technical, a bear market, as you might suspect, is so, okay, so a technical definition, we're getting very heavy duty here early, is that if a, if the, a stock market goes down 20% or more, but not 20%, that's called a correction, which sounds a lot less harmless only lasted three months and if, so people short, did, yeah. Yeah, if people didn't check their statements for like two or three months they didn't know about it you know sort of yeah. thing but anyway um yeah. and and to Alyssa's opening comments they are normal they're natural we need them and we forget that every time we have one because we're an emotional bunch when it comes to our money sort of a thing but anyway so a couple other little factoids uh Take a guess, Alyssa. Well, now you have it in front of you. <clears throat> there do. have been 15 bear markets since World War II. Okay. Now think about You're that. You're going to have to remind me when World War II started, though. Well, that's right. Uh, I was Does born it after. It, it ended in 1945. Okay, his history wasn't my strongest yeah, subject. So I, I understand. So it's been like 70 plus years, if, if not more. Okay. okay. And so we've, we've had 15 of them. So they don't come all that often, but whenever they come, they, care, they scare the heck out of us. Uh, and they averaged a down 30 Oh, wow. That's a pretty average. strong average, actually. Yeah. And the, and the last two big ones, the 2000, two, 2000 to 2002 mess and the 2007, 8, 9 mess, they were down 50% or very close to it or a little bit more. So that's that's pretty scary. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the only other, I guess, uh, thing that people really need to understand is that uh, you, you can't predict uh, when they come. Uh, how how deep they're going to go and when they're going to end. It's like an absolute unknown. And if you buy into that, you're in a lot better place to try to prepare for them than to try to guess about when they're going to happen and when they're going to be over and <clears throat> all that good stuff. So I'll say this one more time. They cannot be predicted. Okay. And you don't know when they're going to end begin or how far down they're going to go it's just called an unknown folks okay so you can't predict them but the whole i guess point of this show is that well you can be prepared for them sort of a thing okay unfortunately no matter how many times we say that or financial professionals say that or write that <laughs> people are probably always going to be trying to predict the market so i think it's just an they're in our human nature. Yep. I don't yep. know if it's in our nature as um, competitiveness or, or wanting to win or, you know, do the best or maybe it's just wanting to better our financial situation and how can we earn more? How can we protect against losses? And I just think there's something in our human nature that's um, that leads people to 
Not that be they bad, don't believe. Yeah, not that they be don't believe that. They're not listening. They're, yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's true. Our, yeah. Our, our human nature yeah. runs against being a good investor, and that's yeah. forever the the tug of war that goes on here. Okay, you, you can't you can't be emotional, and you can't know the future. Yeah. And it takes people a long time to figure that out. To be perfectly honest with you, so yeah. I, I, I hope, hopefully they do. Uh, anyway, yeah. so um, so. Folks, if, if you um, believe that you are prepared, by the way, so there are things you can control and things you can't control. You can't control when markets go, when they come, how much they go up, how much they go down. But you can control your personal situation and be prepared to deal with them. And we're going to get into that a whole lot as we go here. But anyway, so if there's anybody out there listening to us who is thoroughly prepared for this, then you don't need to tune in and you can have a nice Saturday morning and watch the snow fall down. Okay. I'm, I'm only kidding, folks. So there's probably one or two things you can learn, even if you think you are ready for this in the next couple hours here. So, so stay tuned. And, and Liz, I, I thought I'd kind of do this show uh, from a little different perspective. Okay. So what, what, what I'm going to do, and we have a bunch of, um, bunch of different topics, but I'm going to approach it. Okay. In a certain order, what's the mistake you made? What is the problem that that identifies what's the solution and what's the nugget of wisdom that okay. you can learn from that. Okay, so we're going mistake, problem, solution, nugget. Okay. okay? <laughs> and, and instead of preaching to people about stuff to do, I thought I'd just say, these are the mistakes you make. And we can kind of go backwards from there because people can identify with making a mistake. Okay. But right. if you just start pontificating about doing this, that, and the other thing. So, so this whole, keep me on this, uh, this process here. People make mistakes. Okay. What's the problem that okay. caused the mistake? Okay. What's, what's the solution and what can you learn from that mistake? If we don't learn from our mistakes, we are doomed to be in do We're just doomed, period, I guess, given the circumstances. So right. that, okay, that okay so far? You have any questions about that? Or? Yeah. And it, I don't know what made me think of that, but did you ever <laughs> read about like, um, this is totally off topic, but did you ever read about how octopus are like really smart? Right. Everyone knows that octopus really smart, right? Octopi. Octopi, is that the plural? <laughs> That's plural, yeah, okay. Um, but everyone knows that they're super smart, right? Yeah. But they don't learn, they like, they don't, something about their species, they don't pass information down to like the next generation. Oh. So the generations below don't learn from the adults so that's why like like there's some people that think they're like smarter than humans and could like take <laughs> over the world but if but if they but they don't pass information along ah, and so ah. thus they haven't <laughs> thank goodness In taken over the world <laughs> information is key right yes isn't that interesting and that thank you and that's exactly what we're going to hopefully share here uh, for the next uh, next while here all right yeah. so anyway so so mistake paying too much attention to your investments. Uh. Okay. Um, if folks, if you have an investment account, hopefully you have bunches of them, you by almost by, by law pretty much have to get monthly statements if you have brokerage accounts. And by the way, if you're lucky, sometimes you only get quarterly statements on some of the investments that you might own. Okay. So, so we, we are uh, faced with what our things are worth on a monthly basis or perhaps a quarterly basis. Uh, and and that, that is just a problem 
that we have to deal with. Okay, people think it's great to have that information, but see the the problem with paying too much attention to your investments uh, is that what you don't know is that short-term events and short-term market movements and short-term returns for investments are completely random and completely unpredictable. Okay, if anybody out there listening to us has ever seen those old chemical compound charts for the investment, remember the old um, the elements charts in chemistry, the, all the yeah, different yeah, the colors? periodic table, yeah. Yeah, well, well, we have those in the investment world, folks, and it the, the the deal is it shows you the performance of different kinds of investments over a period of years, and and uh, the short story is that short-term investment returns and short-term events are perfectly random, perfectly unpredictable, okay? And unless you come to that conclusion, you're not going to be a very good investor because you're going to be trying to predict things and think that things aren't random. And in the very short term, they're not, okay? Mm. Okay, uh, Liz, how many people have you met over the years they said, I, I've, been, I've been watching my investments. Okay, I'm, you know, I'm paying attention. Okay, yeah. uh, well, all, all they're doing is what happened yesterday when you're watching your investments or what happened. I'm paying attention. If I, I think I'll get rid of this one, whatever. But anytime you're watching your investments, you're just looking at the past. You have nothing to do with what's going to go on in the future. And by the way, folks, you can watch your investments all the way down to 30% before you get nervous, I suppose, kind of given the circumstances. So, so again, the, the mistake is that you really do pay too much attention to the short term okay and maybe maybe an easy question uh to kind of make make an example of that is so folks if you own a portfolio of stocks you own a bunch of companies okay and and so my question is well how long does it take a company to grow and prosper uh and the answer is not a week or two Okay, it's a long time. It's years, basically, maybe decades. Okay, so so if you own companies and you really understand that, that, you know, it takes a very long time for them to grow and prosper, why are you checking your, your values weekly or daily or monthly? or every, it, it, It's irrelevant in the short term if it takes a long term. But, you know, it, it, that's, just, that's just a problem, okay? Uh, and so my solution is, well, Check things once a year. You know, do, do, do a year-end checklist of all your investments. We did that a couple of weeks ago here, folks, okay? It's okay to do a financial review of all your stuff and see how your things are doing on a yearly basis, okay? Uh, and by the way, sometimes, in fact, many times a year is not even a short enough period of time to, to make sense or long enough to make sense of things. So, you know, the, the, the odds in the investment world, the, the nugget here is that the odds in the investment world favor long-term investors, okay? Not short-term speculators, and I'll probably use those terms a few times in the next hour and a half or so. The, the, the only other piece I'll add to that, and, and we'll come back to this a little later on, is there's only one thing that makes a company grow in value over time. And it's got nothing to do with what happens in the stock market every day. If a company can grow its earnings and profits over time, it becomes more valuable 
because of its ability to do that. And so the short story is that the reason that the stock market works very long term is that in general, companies grow their earnings and become worth more over time to investors. Okay, so so a quick don't don't check your investments daily, weekly, or even monthly. You can if you want, but then don't do anything about what you're seeing there because short-term is a random and unpredictable world to live in if you're an investor and sooner or later you're going to hurt yourself. Any comments well, on that? Yeah, I was just thinking that it's... it's um it's very common right now for people to check their money, you know, maybe every day or even every week, certainly more frequently than, than their monthly statements come because it's, you know, so easy to log online and, and view investments. Um, and it's just, it's sort of what we're saying. I, I of course agree with you that it's not a uh, good investor behavior to check your investments too frequently because it can cause, um, I don't know, unrealistic expectations for return. It can also cause panic in down markets. But it's just interesting because as a society, right, we've been trained recently to pay very close attention to your money because of things like like fraud, yeah. right? And so we're sort of trained to, you know, check our bank account balances recently, look for transactions, make sure they're all, you know, uh, legitimate transactions. Same thing with credit card, you know, sure. log in every couple of days, check your transactions. So it, it's, you know, and, and that's very prudent because that is looking for things like fraud. And I'm sure there are people that are also checking their account balances frequently because they're looking for withdrawals that they didn't make, you know, and, and things like that. So it's um, I think it's I think it's just more difficult these days for people to ignore it because yeah. we have to worry about yeah. investor fraud. We, we, we live in a sea of information. Yeah. yeah, I really do. Yeah. yeah. OK, so 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 the mistake is paying too much attention short term and the solution is don't. Right. Moving right, moving right along. Okay. And this is, I, I'm going to love this one here. So mistake, I guess mistake number two, paying too much attention to the media with regard mm. to your investments. Okay. So this is perfect. I opened up Yahoo Finance about five minutes ago. Okay. I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote exactly the headlines that I'm scrolling through. Okay, very top headline. Small biz facing triple whammy of bad news. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sound too good. Let's see. Why people are struggling. Uh, let's see here. Fed kicks off most aggressive global tightening in decades. Gold showing textbook reaction to hawkish Fed, as in going down. Okay, uh, let's see. Stocks have had their worst January since 2008. <laughs> it's not even that long ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <gasps> Goldman Sachs predicts Fed will raise interest rates five times this year. Oh my gosh, my golly. Okay. Oh, I hope they do so that we can battle yeah. this inflation. Yeah. By the way, this is an ad headline and it was it's cool. Florida woman made a hundred and forty nine thousand dollars last year trading part time. Mm. Get me some of that. Okay, let's see. I'm moving along. Okay. Uh Charting the global economy, inflation data underscores Fed urgency. 
Okay, uh, let's see here. Do, do, do. I've also been monitoring uh, the news articles in the last few weeks, and yeah. you know, I've noticed that words like crash and <laughs> plunge and yeah, very strong words to indicate a very serious downtown a downturn are now being used when. Yeah. The S and P is down like eight percent or two percent. It was literally I saw the word plunge yeah, on a go. day it was down about one point five percent, and I was thinking, what can we be using these words uh, when when the downturn yeah. is that small? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. sure, we need to. I guess they're yeah. It's it's very very overly dramatic at times yeah and and it's by the way the best analogy i ever heard about soar and plunge is get on an elevator there's two buttons one is called soar and the other is called plunge those are your choices what do you want to do <laughs> anyway so so folks the, the media well, well by the way i guess uh you know bad news overwhelms almost all news there's not too much good yeah. news anywhere so there's a skew towards that okay mm -hmm. uh and and even in good markets we have more bad news than good news there's always that's just how that's just how it is well yeah. so how, what's an investor to do you get bombarded with all the bad news on the planet what does that do to your mental uh, psyche or your will about uh, staying the course and hoping for good things in the future okay it's just it's stacked against you and by the way who who are these people who are you know writing these articles or having these columns or these editorial pieces or doing the reports and like what's their track record and like you know can can they you know what are their qualifications you know what you know how, should you be listening to these people anyway you know is this some yeah. you know f f fresh writer out of college you know that has is an English major that's in the finance department I I I, I don't know okay but. You, you, you folks, the media is just not a good place to be, okay, for most investors because it just drives fear into your head and, and that's just not a not a good thing. So so the the, the, the nugget is Okay, if you're going to read things like that, don't pay too much attention to them, folks, because you don't know the quality of that information. You know, one of the things I hate about the internet is that anybody anywhere can be an expert on anything. And it's kind of hard to find out really if they are or not. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? I mean we, yeah. we, there are many wonderful things that have happened, but but one of the, one of the bad things is there's more experts out there now than there ever been. Yeah. Okay. And and to, to actually you know discern their qualifications and their abilities and all that other good stuff, it's even more difficult than ever to do that sort of a thing. Yeah, I agree. But okay. it, but here we are in the media. But yeah. our you can check out our qualifications not us. at Namarafinance.com. Right. We have a combined what sixty five years of experience. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Like that. All right. Um, but yeah, I, we have we have to take a break uh, in about one minute, Dad. So okay, well, yeah, um, which is almost perfect. So all right. So it, the media won't help you, folks. Okay, uh, I mean, you you can glean some things from it if you're picky and choosy, but that's not a lot of people. And how much time do you have to do that? I guess would be how that works. Okay. Yeah. Are we yeah. okay time wise here for a break? We got to take a break in forty seconds. So well, why don't okay. we uh, why don't we do, we do that now? Yep. Sure. Uh, you're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara Reed, joined by my father and mentor and business partner Michael McNamara. We are talking about bear market survival tips today. 
today. Uh, how to, and actually, we're not even in bear market territory yet, but we're just talking about how to deal with and think about and process market volatility. Hi, this is Alyssa Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Your investment strategy should largely be determined by the amount of time you have before needing the money. If you are aggressively invested, time is your friend when it comes to your portfolio recovering from this scary stock market. If you need your invested money soon, it should have been conservative to begin with. If you're not sure how your money is invested, I'd be happy to offer my opinion. 781-834-2010. And we're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined this morning by my father and business partner, Mike McNamara. Good morning, Dad. Good morning. It's chilly down here in Fort Myers, by the way. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure. It's 52 degrees. Fry me a river. (laughs) Don't even start, Mike. Don't even start. Jeez. Come on. I can't swim in the pool today. It's oh, poor you. Oh, no. uh-huh. <laughs> but I bet you have power and can turn in the hot tub if you wanted to. There you go. Oh, <laughs> oh come on. Oh. Uh, we, my uh, father and I thought it would be uh, timely to do a market volatility type show, a um, uh, market perspective type show, calming people down if they're starting to panic with some volatile markets. Um, so uh, sit tight and uh, listen up if you're if you're worried about your investments or if you're not sure what to do when markets behave this way, uh, et cetera. All right, folks, we're doing a, a bear market survival guide show here today uh, in preparation for the next big bad market downturn. And we never know we're gonna, when they're going to but we want you to be prepared, okay? Uh, and uh, so uh, I'm talking about mistakes people make. Uh, and how you can fix them and what you can learn from them. Uh, and so, uh, now don't laugh when I say this, but mistake number three is talking with rich Uncle Harry about your money. Now don't laugh, and, and maybe it's rich Aunt Matilda or something like that, but, but uh, the, the point is that you don't know what their real situation is. Yeah, maybe he's not as rich as you think he is. Uh, maybe he could have been a lot richer if he was smarter about his investments. Maybe he inherited his money. By the way, did, did he ever tell you about losses uh, that he might have had? Probably not. Okay, uh, and most importantly, uh, Uncle Harry or Aunt Matilda, they're not you. What they do with their money, whether it's good or bad or successful or not, I, I don't know what kind of an effect that actually has on your life, and, and neither do they. Okay, so uh, unless Uncle Harry and or uh, Aunt Matilda are professional financial advisors who do that kind of thing for a living, I'm not sure how serious you want to be, okay, uh, when it comes to taking their advice about anything. That would be that would be my suggestion, folks. Hey, I, I know hey Dad, you there? I'm back. Yeah, yeah, okay. Thank sorry. goodness for telephones, huh? Didn't, sorry, didn't want to interrupt you, but wanted to let you know oh. that I'm back. Oh, great, great. Yeah, okay, so Uncle Harry or Aunt Matilda, you may love them, they may love you, but they may not have, They may not be as smart or as rich as you think they are. And, oh, by the way, they may not know much about your situation, and what your situation is might require one thing, and what they're doing might require another thing. So just, you know, so I e- have, either... I, Go ahead. I have a perfect example of this situation. 
Um, okay. And it just came up a couple of weeks ago. So I was I was working with a, um, a, a young woman who has inherited some money, and she's sort of just getting started out in her life. She doesn't yet own a home. She has kind of bounced around in her career. She's talking about uh, moving across the country. She's kind of like in a transitional period in her life, and um, she came into some money that's, that's helping her um, you know, through this transitional period. And so one of the decisions that we made is we took a pretty healthy chunk of the money and we were keeping it in cash for her because, um, you know, she's looking around at real estate and she needs a large down payment. You know, she might need moving expenses for when she, you know, picks up and moves across the country. She's starting a business, right? So, so for her... That's what the, her situation uh, requires that, basically, correct? Exactly. Yeah. Her situation yeah, required yeah. that you know, a good healthy chunk of this inheritance uh, should not be invested in, you know, in my opinion, and, sh and she agreed. And then we had a follow-up conversation, I don't know, a, a few weeks or a month later, and she had been talking with a family member. <laughs> uh, Uncle Larry? <laughs> I guess it was something like that. Um, and I guess, you know, sort of giving her a hard time or sort of questioning why, uh, you know, the, you know, the pretty significant amount of this money was in cash and wasn't invested. Meanwhile, this person had done with their share of the, you know, had put their share of the inheritance into some investment and tripled their money in a short right. period of time. And it was just, you know, you know, she was sort of, you know, asking me, you know, about that and should I have, you know, been investing? And it's just a perfect example of what you're talking about right now yeah. where I do happen to know a little bit about this other uh, family member that she was speaking to and the situation for that other family member is totally different. This is yeah. a person who is, um, established in a career and makes very good money and you know already fairly well off for retirement and um, he's just in a, it already owns property and like is just in a very very different situation and so for that other person investing the money in something aggressive uh, you know that, that that they could hold for the very long term was appropriate but for her wasn't and I, I you know as you were talking about that it just struck me that that's, that's just a perfect example of everyone's situation is different yep. and what's right for one person isn't necessarily right for another person you never know what their situation really is yeah and if you take you know it's folks if you're listening to us either you do have the the time and the energy and the expertise and the inclination to do your own thing and be your own financial advisor, and there are some folks who can do that, okay, or you're not. And if you're not, work with professional people. Uh, don't take random bits of investment advice from this, that, and the other thing, because uh, it'll just... Hopefully, despite all the interruptions, we're going to give some good tips for people regarding um, volatile markets do. and how to get themselves through volatile markets. So you're listening to McNamara on Money, albeit a little bit interrupted this morning. Uh, I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined by my father, Mike McNamara. And we're trying to give out some nuggets of wisdom regarding um, how, to, how to get through a volatile stock market uh, without making a mistake with your money. Um, so I think we already went through a few mistakes, right? Don't look too often. Don't listen too much to the media. Uh, unless and don't you know talk to Uncle Harry. Right, right. <laughs> I was going to say, don't listen to the media unless you uh, know their credentials and their yeah. background and, and trust their experience. Yeah, good luck with uh, that. And, and don't 
don't necessarily, yeah, don't, don't, um, not that it's not that you can't talk to friends and family about investments and money, but just remember that everyone's situation is different and what's appropriate for someone else might not be appropriate for you. The, the uh, media does not have your best interest at heart. Uh, that's simple, true. Plain and simple. Plain right. And simple. Absolutely. All right. You ready for mistake number four? I'm ready. How many mistakes right. do we have on this list? I, I, I know. I got a lot of them. I'm not Ugh. sure how fast this is going to go here. So mistake right. number four, and this is a biggie. Okay. This okay. may take a little background. You don't know the difference between trading stocks and investing in companies. Mm. Okay. This is, this is a biggie. Okay. Uh, and so the, the problem is that the stock market is just a store where every day, greedy or fearful people or institutions go into the store and if they're greedy they buy stuff because they're going to make tons of money and if they're fearful they sell stuff uh, because they think it's going to zero sort of a thing and so so in in that stock market remember market folks it's a store you go to the market right this is a stock market stock market's a place where people buy and sell things okay and the people in that store every day if they're excited and greedy, they're thinking good things about the future of the companies that they're investing in, stuff like that. Well, they're baking a bet on the future. Okay. Or this week uh, or this month, January, the stock market was down, what, 7 or 8%? I don't even know. I can't remember. Well, but uh, apparently uh, the, the, there are a lot of fearful people in the store this month that sold their stuff because they were nervous about the future. Well, but but nobody knows the future. Okay. And so if you're in that short term time frame we talked about this earlier folks and if you're trading individual stocks even worse but if, you, if you're in that situation you are gambling you are speculating okay mm. remember short-term events and short-term investment performance perfectly random and unpredictable okay and what goes on in the stock market it generally is run by two emotions greed or fear and uh, everybody that's in that stock market today is betting on the future that they don't know about. So it really doesn't make much difference. Okay, so that's the, that's the short-term trade stocks, speculate, gamble. People, people don't, they won't use those terms when they're doing those kinds of things, but that's what you're doing. The only reason that companies grow in value over the long term is their ability to make more and more money and more and more profits. Okay, uh, and so folks, if you if you look at the if you own the S and P five hundred in your portfolio, you own the five hundred biggest companies in America. Why don't you just say, well, you know what? Okay, over the next rest of my life, there's a pretty good chance that as long as capitalism is still legal and the world uh, doesn't go back to the stone age that companies are going to grow and make more money and some will fail and brand new ones will show up and rise. But in general, this capitalism thing as evidenced by companies and their profits that's what you're betting on if you're a long-term investor it's a lot easier to bet on four or five hundred companies most of which will be okay over the rest of your life okay and it's a lot higher probability of success than picking any one or two or ten stocks and trading them today because you think they're going up and buying them back tomorrow because of this that and the other thing so really big difference between short-term stuff in the investment world, speculating, long-term investing in quality companies, give them time to grow and cross your fingers and buy a bunch of them. It seems to me that in the last, I don't know, few years, people are 
more interested in purchasing individual stocks, um, maybe to, comp- to to add to their portfolio, right? Than in the past, and I, I, I don't know if that's true or not, or um, but it seems to me that it is, and I think it's because it's been pretty easy to make money in stocks in the last what 14 years yep like post 2008 right it's been it's been people have seen some pretty good growth in individual stocks without much people i don't know maybe took took it for granted or something that that, that it was kind of easy to make money in individual stocks and didn't really recognize the risk in that yeah. Um, and, and especially in the last couple years, right, despite some pretty poor economic data, it's been, uh, you know, the growth companies, for example, right, technology companies, for example, have just had such astounding returns that I think people lose sight of the risk component. Right. Yep. You know, I want to put ten thousand dollars into, you know, this tech stock or, you know, God forbid, even more, uh, you know, in, into one individual company. And, and I think that volatile markets like what we saw in January are um, a good reminder that it's that that short term uh, returns and, and it's just not always that easy to to have a you know a positive short term return and and sometimes you you know a good investor would would buy an investment and hold it for a very long time and not expect such astounding growth in a short period of time read uh, I think people have been, don't you think investors have been spoiled lately in Uh, the last decade? List, they're always greedy. People will always mention individual stocks who pay attention because you always hear about the triples and the quadruples. Yeah, and the gazillion that's therapy. what it is. It, yeah. Greed, it, that, that's what it is. But by the way, so yeah. uh, j- just a little background, you know, folks, if you're, if you're investing in stocks, you ought to ask yourself, what do you think you're going to get for a return that's reasonable? Okay. Uh, and b- by the way, from our point of view, our guess at reasonableness, I'm about to share. Okay. So f- folks, Yes, you can make 72% on a stock this year if you get lucky in this, but that's gambling, okay? Uh, over the long run, you'll see uh, charts, depending on how far I go back, that you can earn t- 8 or 10 or 12% in stocks over the long run. Well, that kind of depends on a lot of things, okay? Well, so what I, what I just did is I went to a, a website called the S&P 500 at your fingertips, which is like my favorite website on the planet, okay? And, and what I did is I plugged in January 1st of 2001, okay, uh, and went back 20 years, okay, and or 20 couple of years, 21, 22 years, and looked at stock market performance. You can do this in this website. And, and the reason I did that, because in those 20 years, 21 years, we've had the worst two stock markets, mm in the lifetime of like 98% of the folks who are listening to me right now in this show. Okay, so if you were gonna pick what I consider a low and reasonable return for stocks, I, I would use that 21 year period of time because it included two big bad bear stock markets, awful ones that were almost 50% and a mini one in 2020. Okay, take a guess list. S&P 500, 500 biggest companies, rate of return without dividends invested. In take 20, in, since 2001? Yep. 8%. 6.17%. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Well, that's without dividends. That's, that's right. Dividends. And if you reinvested the dividends, you would be correct. Okay. About so 8%. folks, 
So, so here, here's a news flash for you, folks. If you're a long-term investor in the last 21 years, U.S. stock market, if you left it alone and closed your eyes, has earned an 8% return. Hello, how many people out there would be unhappy with an 8% return for the last 21 years? Okay, yeah. And how many would have greedy reason to expect more? Okay, you know, nobody, it, the greed comes into place when you're younger. The fear comes into place when you're older and start worrying about hanging on to yeah. it. Yeah, you know but you know what, what, what the S&P has done, like the rolling three-year average of the S&P, like, yeah. I, so maybe like 19, no, it, yeah. 20 and 21, yeah. the S&P yeah. averaged like 27% per oh, year. That's my number. I want that one. And that's what, <laughs> yeah, and that's what people come to expect yeah. or that's yeah. what. That, yeah. you know that that's what stocks should return right yeah. and it's yeah. very there's a huge disconnect yep. between what the US market has done the last few years compared to very long term averages yep and folks, yeah. if you if you play the long term invest in great companies game your odds of making a decent return are pretty darn good okay if you play the short term speculative i'm going to buy some stocks and get greedy game folks you're going to get killed. I'm yeah. sorry. Most people do sooner or later. Okay. I, one time I saw this chart and I, and I saw this chart about 10 years ago, dad, and it was the greatest chart I ever saw. And I couldn't, I don't know. I don't even know where I saw it and I can never find it again. And I've actually paid interns to like search the internet for this chart for me. What and I'm going to have to just make it up one day. But what it was, <laughs> was it charted the performance of the S and P 500 in the late, uh, like through the 90s, like into yeah. the late 90s, which was the tech boom. Oh, yeah. Boom. Burn. And right before the tech bubble of 2000. Right. So yeah. it charted the performance of the S&P, which, you know, shot up in, in the mid to late 90s against dollars flowing into <laughs> stocks. And so, you know, the, 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 the line, the S&P line goes up, you know, northeast, right, up and to the right. Yeah. And then the bar is represented year over year, how many millions and, you know, of dollars were flowing into stock investments. And so first it was like greedy a small, dollars. Right. Greedy first dollars. it was a small bar chart and then it was a slightly larger bar chart. And then it was huge, huge sums of money flowing into stock investments in the late 90s because there had been like a five-year period of time of really strong stock returns. And so everyone wants more, more, more. And then we had a three-year bear market right after that, which was yep. what the S&P was down like, what, 25% per year for like three yeah. years in a row. It, it took um, people seven years to get yeah. back to where they started after that sort of yeah. thing. Folks, yeah. you, you have to play the long game Bear markets are short-term events mm -hmm. that don't have an effect on a long-term investor. I'm sorry, folks, don't have an effect on a long-term investor. Uh, I'm looking, again, S&P 500 at your fingertips, folks. If you have a chance, go to the website, plug in your birthday, and look what stocks have done in your lifetime. But anyway, so since January of 2001, okay, the bottom line is that the United States stock market, as represented by the S&P 500, 8.21% per year. Mm. And oh yeah, let me see, inflation rate for that period of time was 2.25. Oh, let, wow. Let's see, I, have, I beat inflation by six percentage points. Folks, one of the things we'll get to in a little while here is the only way people become wealthy is to make more than taxes and inflation take away from you. And by the way, 
owning quality stocks diversified in a portfolio for a really long time is a dependable way to hit singles and doubles in the investment world for high average. If you want to try to hit home runs, to use a baseball analogy, mm. you're going to strike out a whole lot and most people can't deal with that sort of a thing. So mm. short-term speculation equals stock market. And, and by the way, bear markets are irrelevant to long-term investors. In fact, they've been through a few. They know how they work. Okay, best way to invest over the long run, own quality companies for a very long time and give them a chance to grow and cross your fingers that capitalism and the free world continues to exist, okay? That was the short story. Er er earnings and profits are the only things that drive the value of companies over the long term. That's a heck of a lot better bet percentage-wise than trading stocks in the stock market, folks. Good luck with that. Listening? Yeah. Oh, yeah. On that? Yeah. Um, no, I no, I think that's good. And, and you know, I, th I think, you know, to our earlier discussion uh, regarding, you know, human nature and humans will always be humans and we will always have our flaws, right? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think people will always want to dip their toes, you know, in, in speculative investments. <laughs> and I, again, that's just human nature. And even sometimes I find myself being like, oh, what if I just, you know, put a little into. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, you know, I find myself thinking those things. But, um, you know, I, I, with my clients, I just say, you know, as long as you're dipping your toes into, you know, an individual stock investment or a Bitcoin investment, for example, I would categorize that, you know, in the same way as a speculative investment, very high potential for return, but higher risk, more unpredictable returns. Um, as long as you're dipping your toes in with an amount of money that you can afford to lose, I think that that's, uh, that, that's fine. It's kind of, I call it like, you know, your big money, your retirement money should be invested very diversified and in a prudent portfolio. And if you want to have your little play money, just make sure it's a relatively small sum and and, yeah. and then an amount that you can afford to lose if you're wrong. And if your investment goes down 85% or 100%, right? Some companies go out of business and Bitcoin, for example, extremely volatile, right? And, and unpredictable. So yep. uh, don't, don't do it with your big money if you're, if, if you're going to dip your toes in. Liz, 10, 10 you, or less of your net worth. While you were talking, I went back to the S&P 500 at your fingertips. I'm not making this up, folks. And from January 1st, 1995 to December 31st, 1999, those five years you just referenced, yeah. take, a, take a guess. What at the, the S&P? &P? Yep. Um, the dividends reinvested. I'll make it easy. 30% uh, per year? 28. 20, good guess. 28% per year. Oh. I have a God-given entitlement yeah. to 28% a year in the stock market for that period yeah. of time, right? Yeah, and then the next, after that five years, the next 20 years, it averaged eight. By the way, yeah. ju just for yucks, I'm going to go 95, okay, at the beginning of that, all the way up to yesterday, basically, okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hang on a second. So, uh, by, uh, by the way, December of 2021, we haven't got the good numbers here. So, so if you just closed your eyes on the S&P 500, rode up that 28, and then just over the next 20 years, son of a gun, you had an 11% return on the stock market. Very for respectable. All, for 25 years, folks. How many people would be unhappy with that? And I guess I have to stop talking. 
we got to take a quick break. I hear the music, Dad. All right. The McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara Reed, joined by my father, Mike McNamara. You can find out more about us at McNamaraFinancial.com or McNamaraOfTheMerrimack.com. Check out our podcast wherever you get your podcast app. You can search McNamara on Money if you ever miss our weekend shows. We're just taking a quick break. We're talking about bear market survival, market volatility tips. Uh, we're just taking a break. We'll be right back.